0: Thank you. Good morning. Hope you guys all had a good Thanksgiving. Um, I'm wearing jeans, which for many of you, you might think that's not a big deal because you see me every week in jeans. But for the last four days, I've been in sweatpants. <laughs> So this is a big deal for me, and as soon as I get home, I'm putting sweatpants back on um, because, I don't know if you remember, but a few days ago, we had this thing called Thanksgiving. So it's a day where we get to celebrate and think about all the things that we're thankful for, but it's also a day we get to eat a lot, and then leftovers and leftovers and leftovers. So that's how that goes. (laughs) I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Um, For us, it was good. Kevin and I, and we have two kids. And uh, we made a lot of our our traditional family favorites. We watched movies and we played games and it was a good time. Um, But this Thanksgiving was also different. Every Thanksgiving, every holiday, special day is different than the one before. I know for us, uh, this is the first Thanksgiving that Kevin is spending without his parents. So for our family, it was the first Thanksgiving without a call or a visit to Grandma and Grandpa Crozier. Man, we felt the weight of that. And I don't know for you. Many of you sat around your Thanksgiving table, and you're missing someone there. And so I just want to stop, and I just want to say, and acknowledge that like that's hard. It's a little bit of what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, you know, like what do we do in these in these hard times? And it might be highlighted now because it's officially the holidays. Um, but we have these times, you know, all throughout our lives, these hard times, and. And I just really felt like God wants to bring, you know, some light on that and, and some healing. And the chapter that we're going to be in the Bible today is the book of James. And I actually chose not to do any slides for you guys because we're really just going to process through the book of James and see what God wants to show us through that. And so just to get us started, I want to read James chapter 1, verse 1, um, because I thought it really answered the question, like, God, why did you highlight this book? So James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. So he's writing to Christians, and they're scattered. They're scattered because... They were being persecuted and they were going through trials and hard times. And so when James writes this letter to Christians, it's a little bit different than like the other letters to the churches. When I think of letters to the churches, I think of Paul, you know, and he wrote, wrote all those letters to the churches. His letters are to a particular church for a particular issue that they're going through at that time. I learned so much from those two. So I'm, don't hear me say that they're not, you can't learn from them because you can. The difference with James is his letters actually to all Christians, all the tribes in a season where they are being persecuted and going through a hard time. And so I just really felt like this particular book resonates with what we might be going through when we we enter the holidays and and throughout. So it's a tough topic. It's a heavy topic. So first and foremost, let's pray. God, thank you so much. All good things come from you. And this morning, I ask that you touch the hearts of every single person listening in a way that only you know, and that you would highlight to them the areas in their life that you want to provide freedom, and that you would show them all the good things that you have for them. In Jesus' name, amen. We have been in a sermon series called Let There Be Light, and I have the privilege of wrapping up that sermon series. Uh, This phrase, Let There Be Light, well, first and foremost, it's from the Bible. It's also the theme of our More Love, More Power conference that we had um, in the beginning of the month, and we really just took the whole month to just dive into this theme. And while we were at the More Love, More Power conference, I went to a workshop, and it just really impacted me and it was one of those workshops where I went in one way and I came out a different way so I came out just feeling like lighter than air and I came out with like this sense of I can do this like God and I like we're gonna we're gonna do the stuff you know I was just pumped up and I was excited and uh but it's interesting the topic was trauma and so I just found that very interesting that on such a heavy topic, on such a topic that really can, can cut to the core of our soul, on a topic that can like bring up memories and flashbacks and hurt feelings, that I could listen to a workshop on that and come out feeling great. And so I was like, this is God. Of course, this is God. So I was talking to Jim about it, and Jim introduced me to the speaker. His name is Dr. Mike Hutchings. Um, He's got so many degrees, I can't even list them all. Um, But you can find out more information on him. You can just search God Heals PTSD, and that's him. That's his website. And so I was telling him, like, how excited I was and thanking him for his yes to partner with Jesus in this, and I asked permission to share some of the things the next time I preached, and he said, he said to me, he's like, Jamie, get on the website, download everything you can, and just totally plagiarize it, <laughs> and I was like, well, I mean, Mike, I'm not going to do that, but thank you, and he's like, no, he's like, seriously, it's not about getting credit, it's about giving freedom. And that just really touched my heart. I was just so humbled by that. I was like, Mike, I want to be like Mike. And Mike is like Jesus. Like he's just all about, he just wants to give freedom. So all that to say, some parts of this message, I I am not going to plagiarize, uh, but some parts of this message are inspired by some of the things that we learned in that workshop. But I know that everything in that workshop is inspired by the power and the love of Jesus Christ. And so we're gonna be working through the book of James and um, just hopefully an inspiring message for myself and for you guys. So something that I learned in that um, workshop about trauma is really what trauma is. So I don't know, what do you think in your mind when you hear the word trauma? Uh, For me, I think about like a physical injury a horrible injury that really affects our lives forever. Or I think about severe abuse that maybe causes us to have depression, anxiety, or PTSD. I think about those things. But what Dr. Hutchings taught us is that there's actually two kinds of trauma, and he has real technical terms for these, trauma A and trauma B. So trauma A is the absence of good things, and trauma B is the presence of bad things. So the absence of good things, the presence of bad things. So some examples of these are the absence of good things. It's like what we just talked about this morning. At the dinner table around Thanksgiving, we were missing some loved ones in our life. That was the absence. I felt the absence of that good thing in my life, and it changed the way I felt about that moment. It impacted me. Another example of the absence of um, something good is like when when someone has a child, God's will for that parent and that child is for that parent to raise that child with, with God's love, knowing Jesus and in relationship with Jesus and just showing them their worth and their value. And for whatever reason, sometimes there are parents that choose not to do that. And so then a child can grow missing that sense of worth. They can be missing the sense of value. That is having something good missing In their life so the absence of good things now the presence of bad things that's more along the lines of what i was thinking about trauma what it is when bad things happen to us um but what i didn't realize is it can actually be on a huge spectrum it's not this it doesn't have to be this huge trauma this horrific accident or horrible abuse i mean absolutely can be but it can be an injury I don't know if you've ever been in a car accident, but even if you've been in a car accident and you've not been injured, I bet it changed the way you felt when you got in the car the next day or the next time. So simple things like that can affect the way we live. Or maybe um, people have been in a natural disaster, a storm that scared them or or hurt their home, that they have a memory of that, so then when it's going to rain again, that builds some anxiety in them. Our first responders and military, first and foremost, thank you. Thank you for your service to our country. Thank you for protecting us. I know many of you and your loved ones in the same line of work have experienced witnessing traumatic events that can affect the way that you live. So the point is trauma. We have all experienced it in some way, shape, or form, and it's an injury your soul. And I want us to drop the comparison game. Because I'm I'm the this is me. Something happens to me and I am like the queen of all it could be worse. Yes, it could be worse. But there may be something that God wants to highlight in our lives that He wants to bring freedom to. And if we're not okay to open up and say, you know what, this is an area in my life that is affecting me, then we may be too closed for God to come in and provide that healing. We want to open ourselves up to what Jesus has for us, okay? So we want to drop the comparison so that we can have freedom because I know that is what Jesus wants to deliver to all of us today. Okay. So we talked about trauma. My next question when I sat in that workshop, well, my next two questions, was, well, why do bad things happen? And because I'm a doer, What can I do about it? So why do bad things happen, and what can we do about it? Well, first and foremost, bad things happen because of Satan. I've heard people say, well, I don't know why bad things happen, and bad things happen to good people, and I don't know why, and I want to be like. John 10.10. The thief, our enemy, comes to Okay, so we know it. Steal. Kill and destroy. We know it in our minds, but then when something happens, it doesn't always reach our hearts. We know it in our minds, but then when something happens, we want to blame ourselves sometimes, or we want to blame other people, or we want to blame God. But we know, we know that the enemy, Satan, is the one who wants to kill, steal, and destroy. And James puts it this way every good and perfect gift is from above every good and perfect thing is from god so that's my encouragement to you today god is good every good thing in your life comes from god so bad things happen because we have a real enemy what can we do about that have you ever heard that phrase let go and let god okay yeah that doesn't, that doesn't help me <laughs> I was like searching for, give me the steps, you know, walk me through. I am, a, I am a doer. If you know me, I have like a spreadsheet for everything and a list, and this is how we're going to do it. And I, you, I'm going to get through this. You're going to tell me one, two, and three what I need to do. I couldn't find it anywhere. Apparently, the let go and let God is the true story. <laughs> I'm like, okay, Jesus. But how? So I do have some tools for us today. And some ways that we can let God into these situations. And we can walk through this process and provide freedom. But I want you to know that it's it's not a checklist. It's about just letting God come in and do what he does best. And so we can position ourselves in a way to foster that process. So there's a few things I want to talk about today. Number one is listening to God. Listening to Jesus. Number two is speaking Jesus Speaking his truth over ourselves and our lives and and others. And then the third thing I want to talk about is praying to Jesus. So the first thing, listening to Jesus. So we're still in James and we're just going to pick up. um, Still in chapter 1, verse 19. He says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Quick to listen, slow to speak, I'm not good at that, quick to listen. So whatever we might be experiencing, sorry I have this hair and I'm trying not to get the microphone, okay. Whatever we might be experiencing in our lives that might be affecting the way that we live, we can bring that to God and then listen to what he has to say. Now I don't know what he's going to say to you. Because each of us are unique. I don't even know how he's going to talk to you. Because there again, we are so unique. I do know that Jesus is a speaking God. And I do know that he is going out of his way. And moving mountains to speak just to you. About your life and your situation. And how much he loves you individually. But the other thing is. Not just to listen. Slow to speak, but there is, a, there is a time to do. Here's why I am the doers. He goes on to say, do not merely listen to the word and so deceives your, deceive yourselves, but do what it says. So listen to God and do what he says. But then here he says, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. What? I'm reading this and and I'm confused. Let me tell you a true story. The other week I am reading this very passage and I am kind of confused. And I have some meetings. Um, and I have to go one place for one meeting, another place for another meeting, and there's an hour in between. And I know I'm preparing for today, for this message. And so I'm taking my notebook, and I've got my Bible, and i got my computer, and I thought, okay, in between these meetings, I'm just going to sit in my car, and I'm, and I'm going to journal, I'm going to read, and come Holy Spirit, you know, and all the things. So I have an hour. So I'm in the car, and I'm reading this very passage. And I'm writing things down in my journal, and I just, I don't know what I did, but I dropped my pen. And it dropped and it fell into the, the passenger seat floorboard. And I'm sitting and I'm parked in the car. And I'm, this is what I do. <sighs> okay, like, am I the only huffer in the room? You know, I'm like. <sighs> and so I've got to, like, i got to move my notebook and move my computer that I had perfectly sitting, like, on the steering wheel. And, and I've got to try to go reach for it. And so I'm, I go to reach for it. And I kid you not, I got my coffee cup in the cup holder, and my sleeve just so happened to catch the lid of my coffee as I'm reaching for this, and I'm huffing, and I'm reaching, and it it takes the lid off my coffee, and my coffee spills. Okay. And I say out loud, of course. You're laughing because, you know, like we do this all the time. I think I probably did it 10 times that day. It's like you get the unexpected bill and you're like, of course. Or you walk out and somebody has dinged your car and you're like, you know, of oh, this is just my luck. Or, you know, whatever it is and you're like. And this is the story of my life. And so the story of my life is this, I've said these things, like I've said them, you've said them, I've heard you say them, you've heard me say them. This is, this is just what we do. And we can laugh and it's, it's not a big deal except that it is a big deal because what was highlighted to me was that every time we speak these things which are negative, what does that even mean? Of course, just my luck. Or, gosh, this is my life. I think that like, Makes Jesus so sad. If I heard my daughter say something like, This is just my life, I would be like, Are you kidding? All the things I do for you? <laughs> but, and I mean, Jesus is not like that because he's a good God, but I think he breaks his heart even at these little things. But here's what we're doing when we say those little things over these little things that happen, every time we say them, every time we think them, we are creating neurological pathways in our brain. It's the way we are training our minds to think. And every time we have a repeated thought like that, it makes that little pathway bigger and bigger and bigger every time. So what do you think is going to happen when something more significant than spilling my coffee happens in my life? What do you think is gonna happen when the doctors say, I know year after year you've been tumor free, Not this year, of course. Story of my life. So it is important that we speak Jesus over our lives and over ourselves and others every single day, even over these little things. But we gotta make it a habit. So I've learned that the best way. To make a habit is by doing something in conjunction with something else you already do every day. What did we just read? Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror. And after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets. Immediately forgets who he is. I looked in the mirror that day. I knew that I was a child of God. I knew that God wanted good things for me, but how quickly I forgot over spilled coffee. How quickly can we forget over something more significant? So who looked in the mirror today? Y'all didn't right here? You guys didn't look in the mirror yet? Okay, you did. (laughs) I know you did, probably. You look beautiful. So I'm sure you looked in the mirror. We look in the mirror almost every day. I would say 99.9% of us look in the mirror at least one time a day when we're brushing our teeth or going to the bathroom or whatever. So this is something that we do all the time. So I want us to practice something. It's going to seem silly, but I guarantee you it's going to make a difference. When you look in the mirror and you're looking at yourself in the mirror, I want you to say this and repeat this after me, okay? Girl, you're hot. No, I'm kidding. kidding. (laughs) Okay, or guys, I don't know what you talk about, bro, bro. I don't know. Is that you guys are gonna have to help me? Okay, okay. No, I mean you can. I mean you, you, you talk how you talk, but okay. But honestly, I am a child of God. I am made in His image. It's going to be a good day. Simple. You can you can mock that up whatever works for you, but those are important things to speak over ourselves. And every time we say them, we are creating those neurological pathways for the good, for the positive. There's Jesus in our minds. We are speaking Jesus over us. The last thing I want to talk about is the last thing that James wrote about in his letter, and it was praying. So we listen to Jesus. We speak what he tells us. We speak his truths over ourselves, over our lives, and over others. And we pray. We pray over ourselves, over our lives, and others. James says Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call to the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil. We are empowered to pray. Something I learned in that workshop was that there have been studies over the power of prayer when it comes to healing. And so they study supernatural healing. So this would be a healing that happens only because of prayer, not because they went to the doctor or got medicine. But I do want to say this. Thank you, Jesus, for doctors and medicines. I have gone to the doctor. I have taken medicine. And so I am thankful that we have that opportunity. But this study in particular was uh, only for people that experienced supernatural healing only through the power of prayer. And 80% of those healings happened after repeated prayer. And so this is an encouragement to us to not be discouraged in our prayer life, to continue to pray. It's amazing when we see things happen, one prayer, boom, healing. Like I've seen it and it really inspires me. And I love hearing those testimonies and and it keeps me going. But I'm just as amazed as when I see someone pressing into prayer or when I say I'm going to continue to pray for you over this. And I get to see the journey that Jesus has for us in freedom. So just know, like, continued prayer. 80% of supernatural healing happened after repeated prayer. So in this workshop, we did this prayer together. And we're going to do this today. I actually have the sound bite that we're going to listen to of this prayer. And this particular prayer, (sighs) something. There is just something about it. So part of the workshop he talked about and, and what I want to do. There's, there's two reasons why we're going to do this together, okay? First and foremost is because I believe and I know that I know that Jesus wants to provide healing to people today in this room or listening online right now. And when we go through this prayer, people are going to be healed. The second thing is I also want to know, to, for you to know you are equipped to pray for others. There's no magic formula in this. But I do want to give you some tools in your tool belt that you can pull out if needed, okay? So if you find yourself in a situation where you are praying with someone over any type of, in particular, we're going to talk about any type of like mental illness or memories that affect the way that we live, this is one way that we can pray. So we're going to do this together. I will share this again in our social media. um, Or I can send it to you if you want the link. You can just let me know if you want to listen to it again. But here's what happened, guys. I did this because I wanted to be equipped in this way to pray for other people. And what I didn't realize is a few days after doing this prayer, I was actually freed from something that used to bother me in the night. God healed that. And it's one of those things that my doctor said, that's part of your brain that can't be healed. There's some brain damage that happens in certain situations, and that is how your brain is, and there's nothing that can undo that but God. But God. And so I felt like Jesus was saying, there are going to be people that listen to this today that are going to be healed, and you may not feel something in the moment that we do this prayer But I believe that over the next few days, the things that used to bother you, the triggers that you used to have, the memories that used to come in and and take your sleep, they're not going to happen anymore. So we're going to do this together. What I'm asking you to do is I want everyone, it's important to do this, to actually take your hand during the prayer and we're going to put it right here on the back, bottom, right side of our heads because this is the part of the brain, this is the part of the brain that triggers those memories. This is the part of the brain that when you're sleeping at night wakes you up and you have that nightmare. This is the part of the brain when, that when you get in the car after that car accident, you get, you get scared and you get anxiety. This is the part of the brain that we're, that we're going to pray over. So doctor, this is uh, Dr. Mike Hutchings, his voice, and he's going to pray and we're going to join him and everyone's going to do this. Let's go ahead and listen to that.
1: Put your hand on the right side of your head, real quick, will you? Let's just do it together, okay? Right here, right here. And so I just say, in the name of Jesus, I just declare that every traumatic image and memory that you still carry must dry up and die right now by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. I commit every traumatic image and memory that still haunts you to dry up and die. And I sever the neural pathway that leads to those traumatic images and memories. And I also sever your five senses, your seeing, your smelling, your tasting, your touching, and your hearing from being triggers to any traumatic images and memories that you still carry in the name of Jesus. And by the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in you, I speak healing to the memory flow in your brain. And I commend the hippocampus and the memory center of your brain to be healed. And I say to your memory center in the name of Jesus, wake up, wake up, wake up. Let there be a free flow of memory from your hippocampus through the right lobe of your brain to your prefrontal cortex so that you begin to remember the good things about your life, that you get your short-term memory back, and then in Jesus' name, your brain begins to function the way God originally intended it before it was traumatized. That in Jesus' name, brain restoration, brain function renewal, and healing right now by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ.
0: Hmm. Amen. We're going to enter into a time of worship. And my prayer is that through this time of worship, that what God is doing in and through you will continue to happen, that you will just know that you know that there was healing started in you and that what he's doing in you, you are going to be equipped and empowered to share to others just by your presence being there. That when someone comes and says, you know, this is what I'm going through, then you're going to be quick to listen. Then you're going to do what Jesus asks you to do, and you are equipped to pray. James 5.16, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Thank you.